welcome to the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We are the Broncos coverage team for the Denver Post, bringing you guys a post-game edition of the podcast. The Broncos falling to 0-4 on the season. Another heartbreaker, Ryan, 26-24. to uh, Where to start with this one? It looked like the Broncos had it, and then a lot like the last home game against Chicago, squandered it uh, with just uh, one final drive where they're not able to make a stop. Yeah, they're not very good right now, and good teams know how to finish. Good teams know how to start. This team hasn't been able to start well until Sunday against the Jags, and they weren't able to finish at all. I mean, this was an inexcusable loss. They were up 17-3 against a rookie backup quarterback, a Jacksonville defense without its best player in Jalen Ramsey. You had pressure on the quarterback, and you let it, and you, and you basically gave them, you let them back in. Joe Flacco throws a terrible interception late in the first half. The Jaguars cut it to 17-6, and then they decided to unleash Leonard Fournette on this Bronco defense, and he w- they were no match for him. I'm going to need a new pen to count up all the missing ta- missed tackles. So, I mean, I credit John Filippo, the Jaguars' play caller and offense. They're down 11. He stuck to his game plan. Fournette started getting chunks of yards. 10-minute drive. It came back, had an 81-yard run for a 93-yard drive. So by then, all of a sudden, the Jaguars led. Broncos were spinning their wheels, had a late drive. But then again, the defense, which is supposed to be the the be-all for this team, can't make a stop. I mean, inexcusable to let the Jaguars march down the field, kick the field goal. But at 0-4, that's what happens to bad teams. It's always something. In the first half of this game, you sort of got the feeling, hey, is this what this Broncos team actually should look like? Joe Flacco was throwing the ball downfield, kind of getting the the vertical passing game going. The defense, at least in the first half, limited to Fournette, I think, to under 40-some rushing yards. So things seem to be moving in the right direction. You mentioned the, the interception late in the second quarter, I believe, by Flacco as a turning point. But, Ryan... Things were going so well in the first half. Why did it all fall apart? Well, I think on offense, you know, they just had very limited possessions. And, and, and you know, after your defense is out there for 10 minutes, you don't want to go three and out. Well, that's what they did. They went three and out, three and out, four and out. And so the defense was clearly gassed out there. They were running guys in and out. Um, you know, they got in some third and longs, which they weren't able to convert. Jacksonville sent some pressure, which the Broncos weren't able to block. And... Uh, you know, the game slowly but surely started slipping away, you know, and you can say, did they score too quick? Well, you're down six. You got to down – were they down three? 20 uh, to 17? Uh, yeah, at that point it was so, 20 17. have a chance to score a touchdown. You take it saying, okay, the defense should be able to hold. But, you know, one thing I wrote about in my story, some words were in the exchange in the locker room after the game, younger guys versus older guys, about accountability, about who should take the blame. I think, and there's some older guys who are pointing their fingers at the young guys and some younger guys saying, well, you're not doing your job either. So as I wrote, Vic Fangio's got a mess on his hands. Welcome to NFL head coaching, Vic. You waited 30 years for this. Now you got an 0-4 team. You have a defense that's banged up and can't stop the run anymore, and you got bickering. Um, you know, Everybody on the record said, well, we have to stick together. Well, I thought this was going to be the – Waterloo moment. If they win, okay, you're one and three. You have something to build on. If you lose at home to a Jags team that was without Nick Foles, okay, now things are really bad, and things are really bad. Uh, just quickly, uh, a silver lining before we go into more of what went wrong for the Broncos today. Five sacks, Ryan. Two from Von Miller early in this game gets to number 100 for his regular season career. Uh, Bradley Chubb gets involved, and then a couple of the young guys, Demarcus Walker, Malik Reed, uh, first notch in their first NFL sacks. I believe Demarcus might have had one last year, but it's got to be one of his first. Mm-hmm. Um 
anything you saw from them without maybe watching film that made that happen? Was this just a course of they got them in some third and longs? They're going against a rookie QB. If you don't sack him five times, kind of what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I think the lead was a part of it because they had to start throwing, and also they got in some third and longs. But you know, it also was Von Miller and Bradley Chubb winning some of their one-on-one matchups around the edge. Okay, that's the silver lining. But as Vic said after the game, they let Minshew get off the hook a couple times, including that third and long for the touchdown to Armstead. I mean, three or four guys had shots at Minshew, couldn't bring him down. He held the ball for over seven seconds. So, I mean, you're looking for a positive. Okay, the sacks drought is over, but still no takeaways, which could have curbed the momentum, and not even close to any takeaways. That's the thing. Yeah, definitely a, a big cause for concern. We did see Noah Fant scoring a 25-yard touchdown today, uh, showcasing some of that run after catch, which I think was was an improvement for this offense. Cortland Sutton, he would have been hailed one of the heroes of this game with his late touchdown uh, reception from Joe Flacco. He scores twice. A uh, little bit of positive movement there, but not a ton to get real excited about. Well, Fant keeps both teams in the game. <laughs> Good point. You know, there was, was enough bad mistakes, too, there. I mean, to he had a holding penalty that he just needed to let go of the guy, but he's like Rich Gangarello, the offensive coordinator, said on Thursday, hey, he's doing some good, he's doing some, some good, he's doing some bad. Well, the good right now is he can't take him off the field because he's doing enough good things in the passing game. You know, that touchdown showed his yards after the catch. A lot of the stuff he's been doing this year has been he's been catching it while moving forward. So, you know, Fant scored a touchdown. Sutton had two. Manuel Sanders had a nice, nice bounce back game. But for that third quarter there when they gained eight yards, you got to be able to string some quarters together. you got to be able to help your defense out when they're on the field for so long. And another situation where a roughing the passer penalty on the opposing team's first drive really sets things up. It seemed like this one on Von Miller was a little bit more legit. But, yeah. I mean, key mistakes by your most important players when you need – the most pure, perfect play you can get to, for any chance at winning. I mean, that says it all. Yeah, I mean, and to me, like watching replay once, that was a no-brainer. That was hand raked across the helmet. Now they're going to call that every day. Okay, well, how do you respond to that adversity? You give up a 32-yard pass. Because the Jaguars, after Vaughn's penalty, were not in field goal range. They were still in their own territory. It's how you respond to that stuff. And that's, that's what should be concerning to Vic Fangio is, it's not that it's not that this team folds. I mean, they still try hard, but it doesn't seem like they can handle the rough patches in a game. It started well today. It was going well till the momentum turned and the, and the Broncos weren't able to get it back. So we'll kind of leave it on this note, Ryan. This is something we'll obviously examine as the entire season goes on. But zero and fourteen. What legitimate changes? Oh, you said 0 and 14. Oh no, no, 0 and 14. And they could be 14. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if they go that way. But no, uh, put on your GM hat. You're 0 and 4. You have to figure out what's the next step for this team. Whether that's looking ahead to 2020, what you can salvage in this year. What do you think if you're John Elway at this point? Well, I think the rest of this year should be about discovery. You know. You have a lot of free agents whose contracts are up after the year. Who do you want to keep? Who fits in the Fangio's off defense? Who fits in fits into Scangarello's offense? Drew Lock clock's got to start. I mean, he's not eligible to play for another four weeks. When he's healthy and they feel he's up to speed and has his rhythm back, I think it's time to play him. You got to find out, take advantage of the suckiness to see if Drew Lock can be your guy moving forward. And then trade deadlines a month away. I'd call teams on Sanders. I'd call teams on Chris Harris. I'd call teams on Von Miller. Harris and Sanders with expiring deals could be easier to deal. Miller is obviously something different because of that contract and what he would maybe command in terms of a return. So I think I think Bronco fans would uh, 
would acknowledge if John Elway came out and said, hey, we're sellers. We got to look ahead. We got to find our core guys, get some more draft picks, and go into 2020 with a fresh view. I think a lot of fans would say, hey, you don't like it, but at least you guys are expressing that it is a rebuild. And that's what you got to do. Yeah, being honest with where they're at and also not finishing the season with, you know, maybe five or six wins, getting outside that top 10. I mean, if they play just well enough but not good enough to make the playoffs, that's even worse, Ryan. I mean, you, you want them to do poorly because, like you said, if it's going to be a rebuild, admit it, do it, and do it well. Yeah, and if you win a couple of games along the way, I mean, you know, last year they were 6-10 and 10 and they picked 10th. Well, this year, you know, let's say they find a way to win four games. Well, they're probably in the top six or seven in your position to get one of those quarterbacks if that's what you want to do. But the problem is, look at the rest of the roster. Left tackle's an issue. Right guard's an issue. Your center's a free agent. Emmanuel uh, Sanders is a free Okay, receiver help. Inside linebacker help. There are so many holes. That's why I think it makes sense for this team to maybe try and shop some veterans to gain some of those mid-round picks. Well, a lot to look forward to. If you want to frame it that way, at least we'll be looking forward to it. Uh, what happens with this Broncos season, uh, where they go from here after uh, now being 0-4 uh, with a loss today, 26-24 to uh, against the Jaguars. On that note, I'll sign off for the First in Orange podcast. Appreciate you guys listening in. As always, you can subscribe uh, to our digital product to get everything online at denverpost.com uh, you can get a subscription to the paper as well get that thing delivered to your front door every single morning and we will see you guys next time